Thank you for tuning in to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. We pray this podcast blesses you as Pastor Calvin King delivers a message from God. First of all, when we're dealing with holiness, we've got to look at a command that God gave out uh, in the first start of holiness. In Leviticus chapter 19, verse 2, for the New Living Translation, he gave these following instructions to the entire community of Israel. So how many people? The entire community. So now we see God saying that there's an entire community that belongs to him. And so he says, give these following instructions to the entire community of Israel. You must be holy. The whole community, children, adults, old people, whatever you call it, he said that you must be holy. Why? Because I, the Lord, your God, am holy. We're beginning now to see a little bit about holiness. God has the right to set a people aside, a thing aside, or a congregation, or a nation aside, and says that this is a command from me. If you're going to run with me, you're going to have to be holy. If you're going to walk with me, you're going to have. If you're going to commune with me, you're going to have to be holy. Now, that does not mean you go put on your long dress, you take your makeup off. That is not. And we're going to define this later on. So don't think I'm telling you to go out and change your wardrobe so that you can look holy. God is talking about the inwardness. Because once it manifests in here, it will show up on the outside. The problem is we try to show it on the outside before it manifests in our heart. God's saying, I need a special place in your heart that's going to cause you to rethink the whole way you've been living. So not only did he call Israel, and we know Israel is God's chosen people, and God's still blessing Israel as of today. There's no, no group of people who have been totally wiped out, so to speak, have been separated and sent off to all these different nations and still come back today strong. There's only one nation in the whole wide world that has been able to do that, and that is the nation of Israel. They went through all kind of pain, all kind of hurt, but some kind of way God kept his covenant with them, and now they're back in their own land. That is a sign to you that the God that you serve is who he says he is. If you don't believe nothing else, just watch what you see happening in the natural. Think about it. That little country over there, surrounded by all their enemies, can't none of them wipe them out. That has to be the hand of God. So if God is still faithful to them because he set them apart, what about you? Well, I don't know if he set me apart. Well, let me show you. Watch this. 1 Peter chapter 2 and 9. But you're not like that. And he was talking about there's a group of people who, who stumble on the things of God. They, they don't treat God the way they should treat God. They don't respect him as holy, and he becomes a stumbling block to them. Some people don't like the church because the church is going to give you some guidelines and some rules. Well, the reason why God gives you guidelines and rules is so that he wants to let you know how to come into his presence. How would you feel if somebody come to your house and just did their own thing? You know, instead of walking up the walkway, they walk all in the grass. They come up through your flower bed with muddy shoes on. They come into your living room. Y'all know what the living room is. So that's the room that don't, nobody live in, all right? You can't sit in that room unless you got company, all right? That's the living room. So they come in your living room. 
how would you feel? You know, they coming in, they're going, you don't, you don't even really know them. They're all in your refrigerator. Not only that, they go upstairs and, and look in your drawers. They're going through, not your drawers, drawers, you know what I mean. All right. What do you call it? Your dresser drawers. Uh, well, it still drawers, all right? <laughs> you understand what I'm trying to say there, right? All right. So if they come up, so you feel, you would feel a little bit different. You would feel invaded. You would feel like, how dare you? Well, that's how God feels when you think you can just come into his presence any kind of way. You don't acknowledge me for who I am. And for what I've done for you, the fact that I called you out, you want to do any kind of way. You want to handle me. And, and God said, no, there's some instructions. So that's why he gave us instructions on how to come into his presence. Because you could die. And we'll deal with that later on. All right. But he said, you're not like that. You're not like a dis- the disrespectful people that are in the world today. But you're not like that. For you are what? A chosen people. You hear that? Not only did he choose a nation, but he's saying now you are a chosen people. You've been chosen by God. It's not that you chose God, and I know you thought you chose God, but reality is God chose you. Uh You didn't have enough sense to choose God the way you were living. You chose what you liked to do, and you were happy doing that. So since you were happy doing that and God saw the danger that you was getting in and the things that you were getting involved with, God chose you. He pulled you out to get some sense into your head. Now watch this. For you are a chosen people. No, 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 no. Go back. You are a chosen people. All right. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's very own possession. Don't you feel good? If he can do that for Israel and protect them in the midst of all their enemies, then now he said in the New Testament, you got a better covenant than the one that Israel has. He said, not only that are you a chosen people, he said, but you're a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are God's very own possession. That means people have to watch how they handle you. Because God says you are mine and I am yours. People need to be careful how they handle holy things. As a result, You can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Because you're God's very own possession, and as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. There ought to be some goodness taking place in your life that's unexplainable by others. There ought to be some stuff in your life that's going on that you just have to shake your head at. You don't even understand why he's doing it. You don't even understand how how he did it, but the fact that you blessed and there's some good things going on in your life is a sign that God is honoring a covenant agreement that he has with you, that he has pulled you out to be his own. And God said, I'm not going to let you look raggedy or like you don't look like who I am. Most of us, if we, you know, if we got a little something, we want the best for our children. 
You know, if you have enough money, you're going to snatch them out of the public school and put them in private school. If you have enough money, you're going to, pay, you're going to make sure they get out of those, those little uh, shoes that they was hammered down, and you're going to put them in some joys. You're going to do what you can to try to make sure your child looks the best and feels the best. Do you mean to tell me that God, who is not like man, is not willing to do more for you? You mean to tell me he wants you to look raggedy, busted, and disgusted? Why, everything belongs to him? No, there's a short circuit somewhere. And it's not on God's part. It has to do with us. Now, we blame him. We blame God at the drop of a hat. No, God, I'm mad at you. What what, did I do? Somebody told me the other day that they were mad at God. I said, well, let's talk about this because I can't understand why you're mad at him. What did he do that was so bad, that was so wrong? I said, because according to my Bible, it's impossible for him to do wrong. According to my Bible, he cannot do evil. So what did he do that was so wrong to make you mad? Well, she said, well, it's not so much what he did, it's what he didn't do. Oh. Oh. So you mad at God because he didn't do this, because he didn't do that. Could it be that he gave you the authority to do something about it? Could it be you blaming God for something you didn't do? Could it be you mad at God because you didn't do your job? My daughter, when I get on her about something, she get mad when I go in her room, don't want to talk to me. I'm saying, well, how are you going to punish me because you messed up? That's not right. You're going to punish me because I had to get on you about something you weren't doing? Now, you don't want to talk to me. We do the same thing. We don't want to talk to God when we mess up. Really? What kind of sense does that make? All right. It's getting hot in here again. <laughs> so, as we begin to understand this, this is a, a great statement that God has made, and we need, to live, we need to look at this. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. He's giving us some instructions. He's making a strong statement that you need to take heed to. Work at living in peace with everyone. It's going to be a job because some folks just make it hard for you to live with them. But God said, you got to work at that. Those same people might be in heaven with you. All right? So work at peace with living uh, with everyone. And work at living a what? Holy life. That means you have to work at this. Holiness is just not something that you're just going to get and that's it. No, you got to work at this, baby. Mm-hmm. It's going to cost you something. You're not just holy and that's it. You don't have to work at it. Work at living a holy life. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Now, that's a strong statement. It makes me want to go back and look at how am I living. It makes me go back and wonder, am I holy? How many of you all in here are holy? One, two, four, five, ten. So the rest of y'all just going to hell then. I mean, that's what he said. You won't see the Lord. So it's going to make you check yourself. This is a self-check mechanism. 
It's designed to make you go back and look at how you're living. Because God wants you to be with him. He said, but without holiness, you can't see the Lord. If you're not going to live right, you can hang it up. Well, why would God give such a command like this? What would he do? Why? Because holiness, the holiness of God, will or should affect every aspect of our life. Once you understand what holiness is, it will affect every aspect of your life. Economics, politics, athletics, romance, business, lifestyle, whatever it is, whatever you're involved in, holiness should affect that. Every area of your life, holiness will affect. So you got to watch out for it. You got to know how to live holy because it's going to affect your life one way or the other. If you're really living holy, there's something, baby, you can't do. There's some places you cannot go because you're holy. It affects your lifestyle, how I'm living, how I'm talking. I, you know what? I tell y'all all the time, you shouldn't be able to cuss. You shouldn't be able to because you're holy. You're holy. You represent God, and you're going to cuss me out. What does that sound like? So it makes you now put some restrictions or, some, or, or to have some self-control with yourself. It ain't God. He's still God. Even though you being you, he's still being God. And you all be thankful that he is still God. Because if he was like us, a lot of us would be burning right now. You'd be on fire right now. So holiness, God is warning you, making these statements, and commanding you to be holy. Because if you do it right, it's going to touch every area of your life. It'll be so that people will look at you and they'll see, they'll see God's glory on your life. People ought to be able to look at you and say, you know what, I can't figure you out. But it seems like everything you touch is turning to gold. It seems like everything be keep working out for you. I don't know how it's happening, but, you know, you're just you're blessed. It's because you have an understanding of holiness. Watch this. Holiness has two aspects. First, God is separate. Okay? He's in a class all by himself. There's nothing that can compare to God. You can't compare nothing to God. Your friend, your mama, your dad, no, nobody. He's in a class all by himself. Not only is he in a class by himself, Watch this. Exodus chapter 3, verse 6, verse 5 and 6. He was talking to Moses when Moses was trying to come out and see God. And the reason why Moses, I was bringing Moses out because his people were crying out. We'll talk about that later. Do not come any closer. He's got on this mountaintop, okay? The Lord warned, take off your sandals for you are standing on holy ground. Wait a minute now. I thought people were holy. Now I'm looking at the ground being holy. So what am I beginning to understand about holiness? Not only can people be holy, but a ground can be holy? Huh. The ground that we're walking on, 
Is it holy? You came into this, in this church building. Is it holy? The seat that you're sitting in right now, is it holy? Hmm? I'm telling you, once you get an understanding of this, it's going to change everything in your life. You're going to start seeing life totally different. That car you drive in, is it holy? That house you live in, is it holy? Because God's not just sanctifying people. You see now, he told both, take your shoes off your feet because this is holy ground. So God ain't just anointing people. Holiness is bigger than what we think. He said, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was so afraid to look at God. The holiness of God got, got this boy so afraid, he's like, uh-uh, I don't even want to look upon this. You're too great. You're too awesome. There's no way I can look and live. So the Bible said he covered his face because it was just so, that, that glory was just so strong. That glory was emanating out of his holiness. So what is holiness? Let's keep going. Second part about holiness we see now, as we begin to see a while ago. Go, on, go, go back where you were. Things are regarded holy because of their connection to him. That's why we can say a holy ground, the holy mountain, a holy place, or a holy people. So guess what? By you being connected to God who is holy, you become holy. God manifests himself on that mountain to, to Moses. So he said, you know what? This whole mountain now becomes holy. We're going to find out as we get into our study, God told him, don't let anybody approach this mountain because if they approach this mountain, you've got to kill them. You can't touch God's holiness. You can't treat him as common. You can't treat him as everything else. You cannot do that. When we get to talking about it even more, you're going to find out there are certain areas of holiness. There's the outer court, there's the inner court, and there's the holiness of holiness. When you're out there or you're on that parking lot, you shouldn't even be smoking on that parking lot. Okay? You should, you should realize I'm on the holy ground. Okay? It's not holy because dead people are buried out here because there ain't no dead people out here that I know of. When I grew up in Mississippi, it was a, you didn't smoke on the church ground because dead people were out there and it was holy ground. That's hollowed ground. <laughs> it ain't holy ground. <laughs> All right, so you got to understand how why God set his, his place up. When you come in from out, out of the outer courts, you come into the inner, inner courts. This is where everybody can come at. But when you step up in here, you need to have an anointing. You better have some stuff. That's why everybody can't be up here trying to sing. You know you ain't living right. You ain't up here trying to play the instruments. You ain't got it together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I have to watch what you do. When I find out that you're involved in something, I have to set you down. Don't get mad at me because of what you did. I'm trying to protect the anointing on the house. I don't want God to get mad at me because I'm letting you have your way. Holiness sets a whole new standard once you understand it. The church always hurt me. The church hurting you. The church trying to protect you. What I used to do when I was there, that's why you ain't there no more. All right. Keep going. 
So what is holiness? We cannot begin to take a serious process of understanding something if we don't know what it is. Are you a mogul? 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 How do you know? How do you know? How do you know? If you don't understand what a mogul is, then how do you know if you want? Oh, everybody Googling now. Oh, y'all something else, boy. <laughs> the point I'm trying to get you to understand is if you don't know what holiness is, how can you tell me if you're holy? If you're not able to define it, how do you know that you're living holy if you can't define holy? You might say a mogul, yeah, um, as, a, as a person who has uh, some wealth, some class. He's an entrepreneur. He's all these things that can define a mogul. But there's only one thing that can find holiness, and that is its source, which is God. The only way you can define holiness is you have to first start with God. Let me show you something. Holiness is the highest sense belongs to God. In its highest sense, when you start defining something, you go back to the origin of it, then when you go back to the origin of holiness, you're going to bump right into God. That's where your definition is going to come from. It has a suggestion of being separate and distinct. Are you separate? Are you distinct? from your partners and from your friends, from your neighbors? Are you separate from them? Are you just like them or are they just like you? Or is everybody holy on your street or is everybody just doing what they want to do on their street? It's being separate and distinct. It has a basic expression of separation, either from object or person, from being common. You know what? Who water is this? It's my water, just so that you don't miss it. If you come up here and drink out of my water, I'm going to have a problem with you. Because it ain't for you. It's not for your use. It's been set apart up here on this pulpit. Now that this pulpit is holy, this water is holy, so that's my water. And you come up here and take a sip out of my water, we're going to have some issues. Why? Because it's set apart. It is separate. It's not for common use. It's not for anybody to come and get some of it. This is mine. It's been set apart for me. This is holy. I don't care how good it looks to you. I don't care how dry your throat is. You better not come up here and drink out of this. It's mine. I can turn my back, and you better not mess with it. Thank you, baby. Better not. You heard that. So it is something that's been separated from being common. I like to interject myself in things so that you can see it, not to brag, but to get you to understand what God is saying. 
I am not common anymore. I used to be common, and I could do the things that common guys would do. But my wife, thank God, I'm not common anymore. I'm not just for everybody's use or to do whatever. I can't do it. Do I mess up? Yeah, I mess up. And I go back to him. God, I messed up. And I know you don't act like this and you don't look like this and you won't carry yourself like this. So, God, you got to forgive me. I don't want to mess up your image. I don't want to mess up your glory. And I apologize, God. Strengthen me. Forgive me so that I don't make you look bad. Because I know you set me aside so that you can show your glory through me. So that you can show people what it's like to be anointed and to be blessed. So I can do some things and it'll counteract or mess up the blessing flow that comes in my life. So I don't want to do that because I'm connected to him, so I've got to live holy because I'm connected to him. I can't just do what I want to. I can't cuss you out just because I want to. I might slip and do it, then I have to ask for forgiveness. But it's not my intentions to do it. And I don't believe again. There's no more cuss words in here. But some of y'all be pushing me to that point. And I can hear it. I just don't say it. But it's coming from somewhere, and I think it might be the devil that's sitting on my shoulder because I don't believe it's in here. Because I've been working on it in here. Yeah, all right, but some of y'all be bringing it on out. So I forgive you, all right? I realize that I'm no longer common. If you're going to understand holiness, the first thing you have to realize you're no longer common. Folks can't handle you like they used to handle you. Let me take you to a quick review. Because he has chosen you, you are now set aside for his use. Can't nobody else use you, baby. They got to be careful how they come against you, how they handle you, because you're holy. No, don't, don't talk about me. Uh-uh. I don't care if you talk about me behind my back. God sees it. You go and drink my water, God know it. That little old water make you sick because you touched something that was holy. You do people an injustice when you start hanging around them and doing what they do when you're holy. You putting them in danger. I know some heavy statements. But when you understand holiness, you want to protect people. You know what? You know what? My job is to show you his glory so you can get convicted and come over to this side, not to get involved with your side. Because when I get involved with your side and I'm holy, I'm making God mad. Mm -hmm. There are people who went to school with me, and they can't figure out for the life of them. One reason because they don't want to. They don't want to pay the price. Why God is blessing me, and we all went to the same school together. I told you, we copied off the same paper. Mm-hmm. But yet and still, something is happening in my life that God is blessing. Why? Does he have me, at, he respect me more than he respect them? No, God has no respect to person. Meaning whatever he'll do for me, he'll do it for them. But I got an understanding of holiness, the fact that I'm set apart, not the way I dress, but it's something that God did. Remember, whatever is connected to God, 
is holy. Whatever is connected to God is holy. How many of you in here are connected to God? And I told you, you ain't going to like this message, but I'm going to have to give it to you. I got four people. Y'all four, five, okay, five, nine. What, hold on. Hold on. Y'all weren't holy a while ago, but y'all, now all of a sudden y'all want to get holy? It was, uh, I didn't say raise your hand. Uh, okay, all right. I'm, one more time. Get that one in. All right. How many of you all are holy? Raise your hands. Okay. All right. Now, how many of y'all lying? Because holiness is not what you think. Holiness is being separate, distinct. Are you set aside for God's use? Oh, oh, hold on. Or have you set God aside for your use? Uh-huh. That's where the problem may lie. You got, you got God. And you telling everybody you got God. And that's a good thing that you got God. So you set God aside for your use. Instead of you being set aside for God's use, you set God aside for your use. I'm in trouble. Come on out, God. I need you now. Like I never needed you before, God. God, I know you can make a way out of no way. Okay, now God put you back through. Okay, God. Thank you, God. All right, God. And you go back to living your life again. Now trouble come your way again. You know where to find God because you know where you left him. So you go back to your usual thing. You know he's sanctified. He's set apart. You ain't took none of that away from him. He's still holy. He's set apart. He's not common. The problem is you set God aside rather than you be set aside. You can't set God aside because he's already set aside. He's already holy. The problem is you weren't holy, so he set you aside so that he could use you, not you use him. The problem comes in because you've been using God. You ain't never let God use you. You got your own way of doing things. You done figured this thing out. You know how to get it out. When you get in trouble, you know to run to him. You know how to hit your knee and call on God. But that wasn't how the design was. The design was that God set you apart. You didn't set God apart. Who are you to set God apart? To put your genie in a bottle. That ain't how it works. That's why things are not happening. You're still struggling, and God watching you struggle. It, it, all that power in that little old bit of living space. And you're wondering why you can't get it together, why your connection's not coming together, why your this ain't happening, why that ain't happening. You got all that power in this bottle. You should change places with God. Get in the bottle and let God out. You need from protection from all the stuff that's out there. God does not. 
So you the problem. He is still God. As if that little old bottle could stop him from being God. No, when God wants to show out, he can show out. You getting this? So what God has called us to do, since we're separate and distinct, we're no longer for common use. Everybody who's hearing this message today, you're no longer common. You can no longer have it your way. There's a God you have to glorify. I should have left. You sure should have. <laughs> but now you know. God has set you aside for his use, not your own. You can no longer do what you want to do without checking in with your God. There's something you don't even have to check in with him on because you know it's wrong. Now, Pastor, I've got some issues. I've got some stuff going on in my life. Yeah, I want to be set aside for God's use, but I've got some stuff that I like doing. That's why he's God. He knew that before he even set you aside. He saw your mess before he set you aside. So when he set you aside, you know what? This water's mine, right? This is my water. Can y'all see what I'm doing? Everybody see this? That's set aside. That's you, okay? Here's what God did to you. Okay? He set you aside for his use. All that mess inside of you, he knows it's still there. He understands it's still there. He still understands you got issues. But because he set you aside, can, can y'all see it? You can't see it. Somebody can't see it. Okay. Can you see it now? Can you see it now? Right, me, who got something rolled? Who got, who got a cover? I got one right here. Thank you. This you, <laughs> and God know that's you. All your mess, all your dope smoking, all your running to women, all your cussing folks out, all you gang banging, all your everything you're doing, when God set you aside, He knew you was doing it. Nothing surprised Him. And He's okay with you being like that. But what he's going to do is not leave you that way because he set you aside so that he can begin to work on you. So all the time, he's underneath, pulling your mess out. Well, you don't like to smoke dope like you used to. That's a good thing. Where did it come from? It came from being set aside. Well, you don't run to women like you used to. He set that aside. He said, it don't happen all in one year either. And it could, but he does not do it in all in one year. He sets you aside at one given time. And then he begins to work on you. So, this is your position. You holy. Under here is your condition. <laughs> God is not looking at your condition as much as he's looking at your position. He's keeping you covered. He's keep watching over you. We call it the blood. So, as he's you, He's also working on you. 
getting you ready to go back with him. Because holiness without no man can see the Lord. You want to see the Lord. You know he's real. You love you some Lord. But your issues love you. And you had not gotten strong enough to put your issues aside so God covers you and begin to take all that mess out of you. He looks down and he cuts. Yeah, that don't belong. That should have never been there in the first place. He didn't ask you where it came from. He didn't ask you how you got it. He just took it out of you. Some of y'all that got delivered and don't even know how you got delivered. You don't know when you got delivered. He took you out and put himself out of you because he set you aside. He's getting you ready so he can use you. And everybody want to know what he's doing with you. They can't come up here and look up under here. It ain't their business what God is doing with you. God covered me. You didn't. So I wonder, Me King, I wonder if Pastor who all he said. It ain't their business. Me King, I wonder if Pastor still cuss. Do you do it? They ain't their business what I do. Because I'm covered. He got me. So it ain't up to you. You come up here. Remember, this is holy. I dare you to come up here and try to get with God. Say, I'm going to see what you're doing, God. You fall dead on the spot. There was a man in the Bible who's going to try to help God. God told uh, David, this is how I want the ark to be carried. The ark is holy. Put it on the, on, on the shoulders of the priest. Let them put some bars in it. Let them carry it. Let them feel the weight of my glory. Somebody else got the ark and carried it off with them. David wanted to go get the ark back. He put it on some cows. And here they are coming back with the cows, and a, and a, and a cow stumbled, and the ark slipped like it was getting ready to fall. And an innocent man put his hand on the ark to try to keep the ark from falling, and God struck him dead. Don't touch my holiness. Who gave you the right? But I was trying to help. God don't need your help. It's like this right here. You're trying to tell God what he wants to take out of you. No, you're going to leave the stuff that you want. You're out here struggling. You know all this stuff going on. You and God and all this struggle going on underneath this. Well, you struggle with God because you're trying to hold on to this, and God saying, give it back, give it back, and you're holding on to it. God does not need your help. You don't know what you need to let go of, but God does. Some of y'all don't let go of the wrong thing, and God said, well, you let it go, but that wasn't what I was after. I still got to get that, and you still trying to hold on to it. No, God, you can take this. God said, this is no, 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 no. You belong to me. I'll set you aside. I know what needs to come out of you. I'm glad she gone. I'm glad he gone. God said, no, nah, that was a meat, the help meat that I sent you to get yourself together. Now you done threw them out. And then you're going to come back and ask me for another one? You didn't, you, <laughs> you rascal. You didn't treat the French one holy. Let me stop. All right. God has called us to holy living. In order for you to live holy, verse 13 says, so prepare your mind for action. Get your head ready because this is going to require some strategic movement on your part. In order to live holy, the way God is calling you to live holy, 
You're going to have to get your head ready to exercise some self-control. You don't hear that, do you? I can try my best. I told my wife this week. I went hollering. I went raising my voice. Friday morning I got up. I went there. I'm like, what's in me, God, to make me do this? I don't be want to fuss, but when I say get up, I expect for everything. I'm holy. Everything ought to get up. But then when you don't move, then, then, then I go back to being me. And God said, you got to get rid of you. You're the biggest problem. It ain't the kids, it's you. If you become holy, like I'm telling you to become holy, they're going to see me through you. And then they're going to glorify me, the provider, the big one, the one who got this thing under control. You don't have it under control. That's why I need you to act like me. That's why I set you aside so you can be like me. Because you're making me look bad. Is this a pastor? Does pastors act like this? And then I get mad and say, leave me alone. He ain't through with me yet. That's a cop-out. That's an excuse. So prepare your minds for action and exercise some self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. Meaning that salvation is a process, baby. You think you got it all together? You don't have all the salvation that God has for you. You are being saved. You're in the process right now of being saved. Because if God come back right now and judge you right now, you have some issues that will send you straight to hell. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. You go straight to hell. You know you got some issues that a holy God could not deal with. So therefore, your salvation is a process. And you all thank God that the Bible says when you see him, we're going to understand him. We're going to know him as he is. Meaning there's some change going to take place in your life. What you couldn't change, God going to do it. Does that give me a right now and not work on me? No, it does not. God's going to do his part, but you got to do your part too. God always leaves something up for you to do to show that you're involved. You got to have some skin in the game. Some of y'all ain't got no skin in the game. You ain't paying no price for this life that you're living. You got saved, you gave Jesus your life, and that's it. Okay, Lord, use me. Really? Really? No, God wants to use you, but he wants you to be available for his use. All right, I'm going to give you the last scripture right here, and that's going to be it. So, I think. So, you must live as God's obedient children. Now, that's the problem right there, huh? Live as God's obedient children. Man, that's too, I don't, come on, pastor, I didn't write this. God did it. He said, I want you to live an obedient life as my children. That means when people look at you, they all say, that's a chip off the old block. They all baby look at you and say, that's how God acts. That's how God walks. That's how God's That's how God's long suffering. That's how He's patient. That's how He's gentle. That's how He's kind. Now, what does He see? Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. He's working on you, right? So, be obedient, children. Okay, well, God, how do I be obedient? There you go. Don't slip back into your old way of living. Now, how many of you have slipped back in your old lifestyle? 
Yeah. And, and look, y'all ain't the only one. There's a motherfucker in here lying. They know they be slipping. You going back to your old well living. Every now and then you take a you take a dip back. You just want to see what it's like. Uh-huh. Some of you want to see if you still got it. If you got it, what you gonna do with it? If you got it. Mm-hmm. It don't work like uh, uh don't slip back to your old way of living to satisfy your own desire. God said, because you sanctify, you set apart, your desires got to change. You got to desire what I want you to have and not what you want. The problem with the church today is that we got a lot of people who are self-centered, who want what they want out of life, and they don't want nobody to tell them nothing. I know what's best for me. Really? You think you know what's best for you. You don't know nothing. You want to fulfill your own desires. He said, you didn't know no better then. You act like you don't know no better now. You still you. Well, girl, you know, I was born that way. No, you what? Then if you were, you need to be born again. Verse 15. But now you must be holy in some of the things that you do. Oh. <laughs> because he set you apart and he chose to work on you. He said, now you've got to be holy in everything you do. I told you, you might not come back next Sunday and hear this teaching. But you're going to leave the day knowing that God said that he set you apart. Now he wants and expects for you to be holy in everything you do. Because you set apart, everybody can't, can't take a dip. Everybody can't handle you. Everybody can't get them some. It's set aside for his use. I don't care how good you look. I don't care how great you are. You holy. And everybody can't touch you. Everybody's not going to understand you. Young folk, they ain't going to understand why you can't go do this and you can't go do that. But as long as you understand it, that's where the blessings come in. All right, let's keep going. We're going to finish it. It looks a little feminine holding that. All right. You know, you got to watch yourself nowadays. People don't know, you know. People confused. They, 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 they think something's crazy. You know, I'll take a picture and put it on, on, on social media. Okay, what it look like now? Me up here talking about, <laughs> yeah, I ain't holding no more, huh? No, so if y'all take a picture of that, put it back. Delete it. Don't put nothing out there. Go, uh-uh, don't play. All right. I'm holy. Don't make me look bad because I was trying to show you something. Anyway, all right. So just as God who chose what? All right, but now you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy. Woo! You don't see that. He puts you up there on his level. Just as God who has chosen you to be holy, you've got to be holy in everything that you do. God said, don't make me look bad. For the scripture says, you must be holy because I am holy. Bow your head. 
Thank you for listening to Repairs of the Breach Ministries podcast. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at rotbchurch.com. If you would like to be a blessing to us, please visit the website and select the donations link. Again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.